0: This
1: is The Relevant Podcast. It's episode 999. Your eyes do not deceive you. It's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. hello. Hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And once again, filling in for our long lost Derek Miner. Now, he'll be back next time, is our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Uh, we have a great show in store for you today. It's a b- exciting show for us. We are going to tell you all about our brand new fall issue of Relevant, groundbreaking cover story with one of our favorite artists, MIA, came came to faith. She became a Christian a few years ago. And in our cover story, she tells us all about her conversion experience. It is fascinating. There's a lot of other amazing stuff in the issue as well. Can't wait to tell you all about it. That'll be coming up on the show later today. Uh, one of the artists that are, is actually featured in the issue is uh, Dayglo. And Dayglo joins us today. You'll hear part of that conversation here on the podcast. And then at the end of the show... Tyler wrote a game called State the Facts. State oh. the facts. Wow. I'm nervous. I'm let. I don't know anything about it. Just get nervous now. It's happening. So okay, don't I'm miss ready. that. All right, you guys doing good? You ready to do this? Let's
2: yeah. do it. Let's, I'm let's
1: so do it. ready to do this. All right,
0: born. born ready for this
1: moment. Look at us. We're just. <laughs> I mean, I am plowing through this 999 <laughs> because a there's I a lot of great stuff to get to. It's
3: 999.
1: It's insane. We started this show. In August of 2005.
0: And you guys only... were the
3: first podcast I ever listened to. I'm sorry. Fun fact.
0: When we launched, we were one of the number one podcasts in the world. It was like us, in in this American life, and like Mark Marin because yes. we were the only three that existed at that That's time.
2: Exactly.
3: <laughs> Wait, so you said you launched this in August 2005? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I was in the fifth grade. Uh-huh. Oh. So that is. I was not even aware that podcasts were a thing back then. Yeah.
1: You would not have been allowed to listen to our show. It is. It was, <laughs> was very, it very blue. Dark? It was very blue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <You don't, yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know any better. We thought podcasting was like Howard Stern. You had to like cuss all right. the time. And so, you know,
0: we okay. just, we did yeah, all that. It was, no, so. yes. Yeah. Pretty outrageous. Pretty outrageous. We had a soundboard, a Wonka Wonka horn. Uh-huh. Um, you know, most of it was prank calls. Um, <laughs> See,
2: I can't tell if you're joking, you're joking
3: right now or not.
0: Of course not. we're <laughs> joking. It was this show. I know, but I know
3: the two of you, and I wouldn't put it past you. There had to have been at least I a don't few prank
0: cuss. calls. What are you
3: talking about? No, not
0: that part. The prank calls. Oh. And the prank calls. No. No. I, I no. would, I, there was a time where I pitched that, and <laughs> it did. My least favorite thing in the world is oh, I love prank it. calls. I love it. <laughs> I would listen
1: to Jesse prank call people
0: I, all day long. I, that, that, that's what got my college radio show canceled is because <laughs> we did prank calls live on the air and it true. got us in trouble and they pulled the plug on our show. Um, Censorship. But I'll say this. I, you know, when I have people over and it's like, hey, remember when we used to prank calls in high school? Yeah, let's do some. And so. Also, the the era of the iPhone has made prank calls much more difficult because you know you a lot of people just don't answer unknown calls anymore. So your best thing and, and and you feel bad messing with people who are answering a phone for a living. Like they don't want to work at the call center and they especially don't want to hear you. You know, wasting their time with some just you know insane prank that you're going to extend as for as long as possible. You know, it's really the art of prank calling. Steve Jobs killed it and and. Um, uh, you know, I—it's I, hard to reckon yeah. with that.
1: No prank calls on this on this episode, so it's, it's safe for little Everyone's ears. Safe, Everybody, but for can, the yeah.
2: thousandth,
0: who knows? Oh, oh gosh,
2: we're going crazy.
0: <laughs> we should, we should, we should finally have a prank call segment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh, well, we, we have well, to call
0: places that are obligated to answer their phone, like like a church reception, desk. <laughs> I mean, we're having a meeting here That's terrible. shortly about the thousandth
1: episode, making plans, doing an unusual episode. So uh, have we started that meeting,
0: basically? Is that what's going on right now? This we're gonna... is it. Welcome to the meeting. Jamie, right. <laughs> you're, you're opposed. You think, you think that church receptionists should be off limits <laughs> oh, for pranks.
2: Off limits.
3: They do too much. They have to deal with so many mean, angry people. I, exactly. We cannot... It'll be Plus, hilarious. <laughs> they have
1: to keep track of the pastor's mistresses and oh my who seeing today. What? <laughs> Stop. What? Stop. Who is DMing today. Stop. So he... Stop. Oh, Stop. No? Stop. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. All right. We're well, moving the show along. Stay tuned up next. It slices.
2: up in the It's never telling to call you. pretend don't want.
1: You're listening to ISLY, the song is Nostalgia
4: Season 4 of The Chosen is in theaters now And the reviews that count are in
3: Amazing, did not disappoint
1: of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting.
3: You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4.
1: Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit the chosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's the chosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for slices.
0: What do you have, Jesse? All right. This one, uh, you know, this one isn't anything that I feel like is going to be revelatory, but I do feel like it's probably a good reminder that reading negative news all the time can have uh, pretty significant uh, uh, impacts, not just on your mental health, but on your physical health. There was a recent study Uh out of uh, Texas Tech uh, uh, University. And essentially what they found is that they had polled over a thousand people and uh, they, they asked them about their news consumption um, and about a variety of, of mental health issues and just their perception of their health, that they're feeling sick. And they found a correlation of people who constantly read negative news. Uh, it was a reasonably significant number, like 16 percent of the people who read negative news, uh, they were uh, had more frequent feelings of just like. Illness and, uh, you know, specifically feelings of anxiety and depression. Um, and as they point out in the study, you know, uh, constant stress and anxiety does release, you know, hormones. In your body that have long-term negative effects and short-term effects too, you know, inflammation and, and insomnia. And, but they found the correlating factor to be consumption of negative news stories, which, you mm. know, it, it's not surprising, but I do think it's. It's a, a good reminder that doom scrolling isn't just something that, you know, isn't always a good use of your time or, or might be unproductive, but it's also could have actual health benefits uh, or, or I'm sorry, uh, um, uh, it could be detrimental adverse, to your, yeah, you know. yeah, adverse effects to your health. Um, I know for me, I, I, I'm I like consuming news and I like knowing what's going on and 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 kind of reading different opinions on things. Um but it does seem like since covid where do you remember like when when covid kind of first started it was everyone just wanted to read all day. Like, when is this going to be over? What's the next thing? Hey, you know, you, you know, and it seems like it's never stopped since then that there's just mm-hmm. been the fire hose of, of news and information and misinformation has seems, you know, to be never have been greater. But I think mm-hmm. studies like this are a good reminder. It's like, Hey, let's take a beat. You know, like don't let things that are totally outside of your control uh dominate your thinking because it really can have you know detrimental uh, uh effects it remind it's like it's also a reminder of like you guys know the serenity prayer uh which mm-hmm. is Oh, God, Serenity now.
1: Follow. Serenity now. Yeah. Serenity
0: now. <laughs> but, that's a Seinfeld yeah, reference. Yeah. Essentially, um, that you're asking God, um, you know, grant us the serenity of mind to accept which c- cannot be changed, the courage to change which can be changed, and the wisdom to know one from the other. Like, I think that's an important thing when you're reading the news. Like, sometimes they're, look, this is outside of our control. Like, we can pray for stuff or we can, you know, have informed opinions about things. But you know there are things that we can control directly in our lives and let's not let the consumption of all this bad affect what we actually can do positively uh in our lives i stopped watching tv news like
1: years ago because mm-hmm. i could not find any station that told me information without b- blatant bias you know though i mean obviously you're human there's going to be a bias in any, anything that's written or said but I mean, like overt, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, "Can I just get information, please? Can somebody just tell me what happened today, you know, and not like keep harping on what you know this they're bad and you're bad and everybody's bad." So I I, I read news like we have to for our job, yeah. you know. But uh, so I've but the, I I do not turn it on TV ever.
3: I think, like you said, like this study isn't surprising at all because I can even just tell between like you know, like you said, Cameron. Like for my job, I have to read the news. I have to stay informed. And like, compared to my friends who have a better excuse for avoiding news, I can sometimes tell like, they're not affected by things in the way that I am. So like, I think probably the biggest example was um, when the school shooting happened in Texas earlier this year, I was just reading everything I can trying to figure out what's going on. So then we could you know, share stories or report on it and stuff. And I have friends who are teachers and for their mental health, they did not engage with it or they tried to engage with it as little as possible. Mm -hmm. And just even in talking with them, I could tell, like, I am feeling like so much weight about, and not that they weren't feeling bad about it by any means, but just like, even in our conversations, I could tell like, Oh, this is really weighing me down. And I do need to have that balance of engaging with it, but then also stepping away and maybe engaging with something else or just, Putting Like, I am never on my phone after five o'clock, honestly, and my friends hate it because they try to text me and I just don't see them. But it's like if I'm on my if I have my phone, I'm going to be tempted to look at the news and I do it all day and I can't do it all night, too. And, you know, it's tricky, but for just for my own health reasons, it's like I can't be engaged 24 seven. And I don't think as humans, we're supposed to be engaged with news 24 seven. I think like there's these studies that show that this generation has more like depression and anxiety than ever before. And I think it's because we're on our phone all the time Mm -hmm. because before, you know, you weren't aware of every possible thing going on in every corner of the world. And now you see it and you're also expected to care about everything. And I think that's, that's a whole other issue, but it's overwhelming. Yeah, It's a lot. And I think we have to give ourselves permission to say, I care about the world. I want the best for it, but what, I can't help it if I am just in this pit of despair all the time. I have to pull myself out before I can try to figure out if, if there's anything I can even do to affect the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It, it's like I was watching the new Jon Stewart show on Apple TV the other day, and it's like even this style of like, mm-hmm. hey, let's interject the news with comedy, you know, Colbert or The Daily Show, like watching, it's it's not fun anymore. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, nope. I, I, like, and I understand, and I'm not anything against Jon Stewart. Like, I, I've, you know, appreciated his work for a long time, but I think... It's like, hey, you know, to your point earlier, Cameron, sometimes maybe just get the my news in news and then have a little escapism with comedy or entertainment Mm -hmm. and not have to enter, you know, feel the obligation to interject everything with awareness of terrible things happening because it can have a negative effect. you like. You know, find times and ways to be informed, but also find times for a little to come up for air just for your own mental health. You know, Mm -hmm.
1: on Twitter, I follow only basketball and humor people and Derek and relevant. That's it. So my Twitter, no news, no heavy, no, no, no fighting. It's just laughing and talking about basketball. That's that's like literally all I do because I have to. You might have the
3: happiest Twitter feed then.
1: Oh, I I do. (laughs) <laughs> I, I really, I really enjoy Twitter because I've scrubbed it of all people talking about Kearney Vents. So yeah. you know, anyway. All right, what do you have, Emily?
3: Um, you know me. I got some space news. That's all I really ever <laughs> want to talk about.
1: I did not know that you like space this much. You have a tattoo of space. It's coming I out found every out. Week.
3: Yeah, I feel like we should talk about space more because I know everyone's scared of space and sure, it's big. I'm not, I'm into
1: space. I had a scrapbook in fourth grade of newspaper articles about the Challenger. <laughs> um,
3: let's dig into that more. <laughs> what do you mean a scrapbook?
1: Because the Challenger exploded when I was in fourth grade sure. and it, I saw it happen because I live 30 miles okay. from space the Space Center and I was into space. My dream as a kid was to go to space camp, which Jesse and I fulfilled as adults yeah. a couple of years ago. But... Yeah, I'm into space, and Jesse won't let me enjoy it because he hates too, it so too much. Big, too big.
0: I've said it before. <laughs> Not big enough. Too big. Too big up there. Too big. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> You're
2: yeah,
0: so, so
1: interested, Jesse, in like extra
0: like life I know. out there, or 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 <laughs> well, that that's a little confusing yeah. to me. I'm well, be honest. I, well, I'm glad you said that, Jamie, because you know what they didn't talk about at all at space camp. Look. Aliens, like, great, I know, because the, the thing is, like, space people don't want to talk about interesting space stuff, they just want to talk about, well, y- 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 you know, the rockets and gravity and, 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 you know, the soil samples, I don't care about any of that, okay? Like, tell me about moon rocks and, and what is, yeah, let's talk about the cool stuff, man, we're, we're breezing, you're, you're, you're telling me space is so big, there's so much cool stuff we could talk about, but... Any anybody that's into space just wants to talk about rockets and and oh dust God. and meteors. I don't care about any of that. <laughs> I you know I, maybe next week we can do a watch Jesse Thinking? because I've been digging into like the work of this uh, really interesting physicist. His name is, uh, is Sylvester James Gates, and he has all these really interesting theories that, that involve like simulation theory and string theory and all this stuff that I feel like has deep religious implications and and deep like you know just ideas about the. the fundamentals of the universe space game doesn't talk about any of that it's, it's <laughs> hey you know you're only gonna weigh 65 pounds on the surface of the moon let's take let's take about an hour and a half to strap you to this device so you can like, no I get it I get it I, I weigh less up there okay let's talk about them aliens
1: Emily Jesse Jesse did not want to go we, we were gifted the opportunity to go by Nat Geo because they were promoting the Mars series that they did mm-hmm. a few years ago and so it was a bunch of journalists and so we're at space camp and it's literally like all these journalists accepted the invitation because they wanted to go to space camp you know they were interested mm-hmm. in this they were probably a science reporter or whatever you know they were like this was cool because this is like real astronaut training facility stuff you know and so we're in the very first meeting and Jesse's there thinking it's just going to be like we're just farting around everybody's in on the joke it's not a big deal yeah then the so jumpsuits came out Right. Yeah. they gave us jumpsuits for real and so we're all there in our jumpsuits and they're kind of assigning teams and like, okay, you guys are going to go train this way. You guys are going to do this. Okay, we're going to go on the shuttle simulator. We're going to do this. Everybody's going to have different roles. Um, And, you know, they were saying so we'll need like a commander. We'll need need a navigator. We'll need a this. We'll need mission control. Who wants and they didn't even ask the question. Who? Jesse yells out, "I will lead us!" <laughs>
2: and every I and in the room.
0: We did not have. There was not a leader in that group. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we were doomed for a bad time if one of them, if one of those okay, nerds okay. led. So
1: fast forward to the end. He is the commander of the oh space shuttle. God. He is the one flying the space shuttle simulator. We're all in different roles, different things. And the whole thing is like VR, you know, you can mm-hmm. see like Mission Control mm-hmm. is watching our flight, right? We're coming down to land the space shuttle, which if you know, it lands like an airplane. It's got wheels and lands on a runway. And we're flying in and just and mission control is yelling to Jesse like, there's a problem, there's an issue, there's a thing. And Jesse's like, I don't want to like, hear it. I don't it's hear clear, it. it's clear. And they're going, <laughs> It's not clear. And he's like, No, no, it's clear, it's good. And he goes and comes down and lands it, and we go he couldn't stop it. And so we end up going and crashing into the woods at the end of, the, the, end of the runway
0: open. with the cat, with the cargo bay open. First time ever. First time ever. New record. No one's ever done it. Uh, it was a proud Mission moment
1: the workers were so mad because oh Jesse was gosh. not taking it
0: seriously at all. Well, and guess he landed what? it with the Record breaking landing. Okay. No one's landed in the swamp. A. No one's landed with the pay doors. There's three records. Doors open, swamp landing, and pay door swamp landing. It's to this day. Here's the thing, though. Like I said, if they were to be like, hey, here's here's what we think about some, some cool alien stuff or, or, or whatever, that's one thing. I could go to a flight, I go to Dave and Buster's and jump on a flight simulator. That's a lot cooler. <laughs> that doesn't take me. I have to listen to an hour of instructions and wear a jumpsuit oh, and have a science lesson before. I get it, man. Space shuttles <laughs> are complicated. They're literally a whole field of rocket science. I don't. I'm not pursuing that. I trust the rocket science knows what the the scientists are doing because they're rocket scientists. I don't need to know. Just like I said, I can. I could go right down the street, ten bucks, and, and, and do like six awesome simulators, and I probably get to fire missiles and stuff. So step up the game, space camp. Fire
1: missiles. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Anyway, what's your slice, Emily?
2: Um, (laughs) um,
3: (laughs) Well, unfortunately, it's not about aliens. I feel like I should preface that before anyone gets their hopes up. Um, The James Webb telescope um, is in deep, deep space right now. And it has been sending images back. And it is blowing scientists' minds because what they thought they knew about the universe and galaxies turns out to be pretty false. So the theory was that when the universe started, started um, which we won't get into the debates of that, but when it started, it was really chaotic and disorderly and everything um, was just out of order and stuff. But over time it has become more organized and more just less chaotic essentially. Um, and so these images went to what are supposedly the oldest galaxies in the universe And it just turns out that's not true. They're actually a lot more organized and very just clear what like the, what they're supposed to look like. And basically the scientists just don't understand it because everything they thought they knew about the universe is kind of proving to be false Uh, or specifically the early universe. Um, They thought, you know, there was just going to be these clumps and that, yeah, it was just going to be chaotic, but apparently that's not true. So it's just an interesting thing because, you know, for, you know, space exploration has not really been around for that long. Obviously, like, it's only a couple decades. But scientists were so sure about this, and so for them to be proven false, it's kind of like, okay, well, what what do we think now, and how does that change our view of the universe now? Like, how do we move forward? Maybe someone's needs to go to space camp again and figure it out.
0: Well, and I I think this is such an interesting story, and it goes back to you know this this similarly to this research I've been kind of interested in is, you know, there's this physicist and, you know, I'm going to butcher it because I don't have like my, all the, you know, notes and details in front of me, but essentially who has, you know, uses math and, and, you know, spatial relation just like physicists have done for a long time to kind of understand space and, and and uh, you know, how, you know, gravity and all these things interact. And, and and essentially, he believes that he's found what appears to be code, like in, in the numbers and patterns in binary code that seems to be intentionally crafted in a way that isn't incidental. And I think, you know, for some people there, you know, the, the idea of simulation theory that like if if you were a character in a highly sophisticated game like The Sims or something, how would you ever even know that the universe you inhabited was was designed by someone and wasn't real? But as as Christians who believe there is a designer and creator, I think that all of this is really interesting because it 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 it's not like something where we have to like prove God, but I think he reveals himself and his nature through his creation and the more we understand it on that level kind of the better we we understand our even our relationship with him i think it's super fascinating
3: yeah and i think that's why i i love space for this reason i think a lot of people with aliens with space um and all the theories about it people think like you know if, if you believe these theories then you're kind of almost like going against what the Bible says about how God created the universe and stuff. But I don't think that's true. And I think this proves it, that there was a plan, there was intentionality in it. And so for me, this is exciting as a Christian. Cause I'm like, this to me proves God more than the big bang theory. I don't know. That's, um, man, that's just me.
1: But, Emily, you, you said in passing that you have a space tattoo. What is it? Just a bunch of dots all over your body. Like,
3: um, Oh, it is. <laughs> There are a couple planets and stars and um, an alien spaceship. And it's um, a flying saucer. Yeah. Flying saucer. saucer.
1: I I see it. Okay. Yeah. Nice.
3: nice. I get a lot of compliments on it.
1: You could keep just adding dots and
3: I thought about adding something beneath because there's nothing beneath the like beams that's supposed to like I guess, you know, abducted or whatever. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out what I want to do. I thought about a cow. Oh, That'd be kinda of funny. a but... space
1: shuttle with the cargo doors open. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Landing, like laying yeah. in a swamp. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean it's I know I know it's memorialized. It's iconic. I, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm assuming we haven't gone <laughs> back, uh not welcome back, but I'm assuming <laughs> at Space Camp there's at least a plaque, if not something greater. Memorialize I think they probably that made it
3: on like the tutorial video of what not to do.
0: <laughs> 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 they, they, it was funny watching how irritated they got when I would not take things seriously.
1: They got irritated. Maybe we could prank call
0: them later and see yeah, how they that, do. It. That, I would I would prank call Space Camp. <laughs> Yeah, I would totally do that. That would be I mean, for the thousandth episode. We're doing it. Okay, I'm just making the call. I feel like I've I've put in enough time. I can yeah. I can just I can just the demand call, a segment. And now is the time making it. that demand. And we're all right. I want to prank call Space Camp.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> well, normally right here is where I would go. All right, Jamie, what do you have? And she would then regale us with a very interesting slice, and we would all talk about it and probably share a few laughs. But. We found out, I'm recording this after we recorded the show, we found out in post-production that during Jamie's slice, her mic completely cut out of the recording and we lost it. Our normal backup got lost. Everything got lost. And so unfortunately, we were not able to recover Jamie Slice and we ran out of time to re-record it. So unfortunately, we have to move the show along without Jamie Slice. It was great though. Man, you guys don't know what you're missing. Uh, luckily, we fixed everything uh, right after this segment and uh, the show can continue like normal from here. Coming up next, we talk to Dayglow.
2: can you see right in front of me talking. Your lips are moving, I don't hear a thing. But you hit me up a thousand times a week Scared to tell you that I don't want you to leave Cause I know you could Yeah, I know you could This can't be right, I'm scared And
1: I need someone to call me You're listening to Del Water Gap, the song is better than I know myself. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories into your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Sloan Struble, a.k.a. Dayglow. He's an exploding indie artist from Texas. You know his hit song, Can I Call You Tonight and Close to You. He sat down with Tyler to share why he wants to make happy music for serious people and how he's staying true to himself even as he grows. The conversation is part of a larger profile we do with him in the brand new issue of Relevant, which we'll hear more about coming up in the next segment. But here is part of our conversation with Day Club.
4: It seems like in listening to your music, your, your music sort of stands out, especially from the music that I was listening to, especially like when I was a little bit younger, when I was like a teenager, I, l- I listened pretty much exclusively to sad music and like heartbreak music and like weepy, like, like that kind of weepy stuff. And that was just, that was just what I cut my teeth on and your music seems very very positive and mm. and uh it's really it makes you feel really good to be listening to it is that mm. a deliberate thing that you do do you do you feel the same way or is that like a choice that you make about the kind of music kind of energy you want to put into the world sure yeah
5: I think I think it is a choice I, it's but it, it feels really natural for me to make happy music like I think rather than saying it's a choice like I think I'm just aware of it like I'm uh-huh. self-aware that uh-huh. it's definitely happy music, but it's naturally what I make. Like when I sit down to make music, I think it's therapeutic for me. And like, I try to make songs that melodically lifts you up. I think that's just one of the most mysterious things about music is that like melody can evoke emotion. And, uh, even like how things are produced and mixed matter. And it's, it's weird. So like, I, I, as an artist, feel like I would rather express and explore those emotions than the alternative. But then again, you know, there's a time and place for everything, and I listen sure. to sad music sometimes. You know, sure, um, sure. But uh, for what I make, I, I like to make uh, music that you know uh, lifts people up and makes them want to dance.
4: It seems like there is some people have that i don't feel this way but you hear you you see this idea out there that like sad music or angry music is somehow more serious or more mature or or you know that that's like that's what the grown-ups listen to and then and then positive music is more like kid stuff and i feel like what you do kind of turn turns that on its head or shows that that's just not always the case it doesn't have to be the case at least uh, yeah. and, I, and I appreciate that.
5: Thank you. Yeah. That's definitely the goal. Like it's a really delicate balance where it's hard to do that. Like it's kind of treacherous territory to try to make serious optimistic music <laughs> uh-huh. um, Yeah, because it's just almost always seen as like an ignorant thing. And I guess it's just like, I don't know, it makes sense, you know, but uh, yeah, this is something that I wanted to try with, day glow and the music that i make is maybe i could do it you know like <laughs> music, music that's taken seriously and it's fun you know
2: uh, uh. my memory
5: is not like the other one.
4: feel like as you've as you've done this and as you've pushed it do you feel like there's been a uh, do you feel like it's received that way like do you feel like your fans the people who listen to you, the people who come to the shows are they maybe looking for that because honestly we're in a time of a lot of you know there's we're coming out of pandemics and there's a lot of weird economic stuff obviously there's lots of reasons to be kind of sad and scared or whatever and like you said the music that we listen to can have a real impact on our emotional state and can turn things Mm -hmm. around. Do you think that Mm -hmm. might be part of the reason that people are attracted to Dayglo? I think
5: definitely. Yeah. Like shows, Dayglo shows seem to be very therapeutic for a lot of people. (laughs) And that context is great for me because, you know, I didn't really get a lot of touring experience prior to the pandemic. And, Mm uh, I made my first two records, you know, like, before the end of the pandemic you know and so um i just i'm i've been touring for i guess a year now and um i really now have the context of what people want a day glow show to be like and what Mm -hmm. you know they're looking for and uh it's just really good to have that context And, and so people in motion my next record kind of came out of that um context and knowing what this world that I have kind of accidentally created is.
4: expectations to reality when you thought when you were in that dorm room releasing your first album or working on music thinking like maybe someday this could be a real thing to now it being a real Mm -hmm. thing how close is this to what you kind of saw in the in the best case scenario in your head at the time
5: i have no idea it's so hard to look back and like remember like things um especially just when everything happens so fast like I wonder if when I'm, you know, 50 or something I'll be able to look <laughs> back and remember because I definitely don't now and maybe I'll be able to be like, "Oh yeah, that's what I thought." But it's just been so like smooth for the most part. I mean, definitely there's some hard times um sure. whenever you're young and all this is happening so quick. But yeah, I don't know. I've just always been confident in what I created and um I I think my reason for making things is like I'm just always trying to have fun and like make music and not like worry about like the algorithm or like worry about you know selling it or like Uh getting with this label and doing this thing like it's always just about having fun and making music and so it's still the same thing that I was doing you know more people care now which is really cool but you know to be fair I'm really not like making the music for them. I'm just like doing it for fun, you know? Uh-huh. So I guess the process hasn't really changed, but the scope of things, I, I never would have thought it would have been sure. this big. Sure.
4: You said that this looks like it's going to continue to grow and it looks like it probably is from, from my end too. You're definitely, your trajectory is going the the right direction. Hmm. Do you think it's going to be harder to continue to like stay true to this ethos that you have uh, about keeping it pure do you see that like that sure. temptation do you think that temptation is going to get bigger you know what i mean like it, it
2: oh, seems yeah. like it'd be
5: easy to cave yeah yeah i mean that's that's definitely a challenge i mean i think yeah i would like to say that i can continue to like make music by myself and um i mean i make music in my downtime like that's it's so uh it's such a paradox and i'm like such a workaholic because like the way that i relax is by making music and Mm -hmm. um that's also my work so uh it's it's a cycle of uh you know just constant work so i don't know i mean i think yeah like I, i think i can manage it and i'm surrounded by good people and i have a good team of people helping me and um you know, I like it now. I'm I'm a young <laughs> one, so uh we'll we'll figure it out as it comes, I guess.
2: Probably the same
1: You can read a lot more of that conversation in the brand new issue of Relevant, which conveniently we'll tell you all about coming up right after this. to Midnight Trust. The song is Serenade of Water. All right. Well, four times a year, we put out a copy of Relevant Magazine in digital form. We've had the pleasure of having sponsors uh, for it to provide it for free on our website. Um, each time. And then we also create an enhanced ad-free edition uh, for Relevant Plus subscribers. It is beautiful. Our fall issue releases this week. If you're a Relevant Plus subscriber and you're listening to the early release version of this show on Tuesday, it hasn't come out yet. The, the, the issue is releasing on Wednesday. If you're part of... The, the mass is listening to the free version of this podcast. It's Thursday. It came out yesterday. The issue came out yesterday. So it came out. So whoever you are, here's the new issue of Relevant. Uh, please join. Uh, please welcome our very own Tyler Huckabee and downtown Emily Brown to tell you all about it. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. Okay. So this, this is a fun one because we've been working on this cover story for quite a while. Oh my gosh. We, oh my gosh. We're, We cover life, we cover justice and all this kind of stuff, but we are known for covering the intersection of faith and culture. And sometimes it's like pulling teeth to extract redemptive narratives and deeper conversation out of some of our culture oh coverage. Man, it's true. And every once in a while, and I'm talking like once a decade, somebody <laughs> who is highly influential in the mainstream space like comes to faith or wants to talk more openly about their faith and they reach out to us and they're like, I want to talk to relevant. I want to tell relevant a story I've never told anybody else. I remember Mickey Rourke did that back when the wrestler came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's happened a few times over the years and we just get surprised. Our very first major celebrity sit down at their home with a photo shoot that went deep was Moby. Back in 2004, because Moby saw the brand new magazine Relevant on the newsstands in New York, dug what we were about, and reached out to us because he wanted to talk about Jesus. He wanted to talk about how he was addicted to porn and loved Jesus. And so anyway, that's when it all started for us was because of Moby. And every once in a while, an artist will reach out. And that's kind of what happened here. It hit the news. It caught our eye that one of our favorite artists over the last 20 years, MIA, started talking about a conversion experience and coming to become a Christian. And we sat down with her for over an hour Mm -hmm. getting more into that story. And that's our cover story in fall
4: yeah you know this was this is one that i i really wanted this story just because i was really interested and a she's a fascinating artist for a number of reasons if you followed her career you're aware of all of her activities as an activist and as a writer as a very political person so this was a i don't think this is not a conversion experience that i saw coming and it was not a conversion experience that she saw coming either she opens up a lot about her her, uh her uh, kind of disinterest and even some of her antagonism towards christianity through most of her life and and what changed for it is a it is a really wild story and it's one of those stories that makes me feel just really honored uh i i I don't take it for granted that we get to share these very intimate details of these people's lives and i appreciate her being willing to trust us with it and i uh i I think that if you dig into it i i think you'll find it as fascinating as i did i've been a big fan since paper planes let's play a clip here's My my
2: name
1: On the on the other, on the other side of the spectrum, you know, we like to keep you guessing. We are very intentional about this lineup and how we piece ideas and pieces together. Now, when we had the the monthly paper edition of the magazine, the whole idea was you pick up the issue because of a story that caught your eye on the cover. And then you flip the page to something unexpected and we got you. And it's a little tougher to do in the web era. We can do it in the tablet edition. That's really just very scrollable. But uh, on the other end of the spectrum, if you want something from one of the heroes of the faith, we have N.T. Wright in the issue talking of, kind of taking us to school about the Bible and what Mm -hmm. the Bible's all about.
4: Mm-hmm. This was motivated by podcast listeners, might remember this a few months ago when we discussed this new study that shows that a, a record low of Americans say the Bible is the literal word of God. And that just got me thinking a little bit about what well, what is the Bible and, and what is the purpose of the Bible? How should we think about the Bible? Obviously, very few people more qualified to talk about the answer to that question than Dr. N.T. Wright. Uh, and so I appreciated him being willing to open up to us about it. A little bit of a history lesson, a little bit of a Bible study lesson, and uh, sort of a forecasting lesson too, for what he hopes, how he hopes generations think about the Bible now and in the future here. Uh, speaking about deeper faith and
1: going deeper, you know, we've talked on this show a little bit over the l- recent years about how a lot of the worship music that's starting to come out is a little bit more me centered and a little bit more surfacey, a little bit more hypey. And we're, we're missing the stuff that like gets into the nitty gritty with God, you know? And so we talked to Chris Brown, not that one we talked we talked to Chris Brown and this is the guy guy. from Elevation Worship he's such a nice dude
4: too he's like the coolest dude it's so sweet hey listen
1: we've said it on the show we love Chris But if I was his advisor, I would tell him to pull that middle initial, pull a Michael K. Jordan for us.
4: Christopher Brown. Yeah, Christopher (laughs) Brown. Yeah, Yeah.
1: You're a musician. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we talked to Chris Brown about Elevation Worship and kind of what they're doing and the shift that they're doing uh, to kind of help push worship music to new depths.
3: Yeah, it was fun to talk with him and just kind of pick his brain about their creative process. And we talked about how they've been working with Stephen Furtick to make sure that, you know, their music is not about them, but it is about the gospel. It's about God. Um, and I think we've seen that over the years. Like it's it's really strengthened. And so um, and they're even talking about how, what they're going to do next and how they're going to keep challenging themselves. So it was a great conversation. I had a fun time. Yeah. Always fun to talk to another Brown.
1: Speaking of a Brown who got the memo about the middle initial, we talked to Sterling K. Brown <laughs> yeah. actor that we all know from this is us and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, he's also in the brand new movie that just came out last a few days ago. Honk uh, for Jesus, save your soul. Uh, it's every, it's in theaters now and it just started streaming on Peacock as well.
3: Yeah. Um, so we got to talk to Sterling K. Brown and also Regina Hall. She was a fun ad, um, addition but about the film. And it was, it's a very interesting film.
1: With Sterling um, talking to us and then she was just walking by and was like, who are you talking to? Relevant? Oh my goodness. And just sat down and joined it.
4: <laughs> yeah, this is like when dad happened. sees no. you talking to mom on the FaceTime and he's like, hey, look okay, at yeah, yeah. it. He like, she like leans over <laughs> his shoulder to get in the FaceTime. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, no, but it was, it was so good to talk to him because uh the film is about uh, really, the other side of church scandal, you know we hear about it when it happens, what happens in the fallout, and that's what the film's about and they did a really wonderful job and it was a really great
4: conversation so and they both they both grew up church right like this yeah, came they from both grew up uh, in the church all right yeah yeah
3: yeah, so they, you know, we talked about what their church experience was like and why they wanted to be part of this film. And what was really beautiful is they both love the church. They, they don't want to make fun of the church. They want it to be better. And I think they did a great job with that. I mean, whenever I see a, a
1: comedy that is poking fun at church culture, there's a big difference whether or not the call is coming from inside the building or outside mm-hmm. the building. You know what I'm mean? saying? You, so, can, you um, can tell in 10 minutes. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's absolutely. Obvious. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, we also talk, you know, we have we always talk about life issues and different things that, you know, our audience uh, cares about. And one of the things that we've been noticing statistically is the trend that Gen Z is seeing a big rise in eating disorders. And it's just, it's something that we need to be talking about.
4: Yeah, this is a, something that started to really, the, the eating disorders have been on the rise for the past decade have really been going up. Uh, people have been experiencing eating disorders younger. More men are dealing with eating disorders. And then these really bel- Ballooned during the pandemic, which is when there is an explosion of eating disorders among young people, especially among Gen Z. And that hasn't gone away even as COVID has subsided a little bit. So this is uh, this this piece is really us figuring out what happened there, what is causing this rise, and and what can we do about it? What can we do about not only the systemic issues, but also people we care about, our friends, who we think might be wrestling with their relationship with food, and, uh, and how we can get involved in a way that is actually helpful instead of judgmental. Uh, we also
1: have a a piece written by author and pastor Stephen Chandler uh, really talking about this season of life about, you know, kind of tangibly walking in in wisdom. And as you take leaps of faith, whether it's career Mm -hmm. relationships, life, life, big life changes, which is, Happening all the time. Uh, in our <laughs> yeah,
4: audience. I think that's why the that's why the piece really like jumped out to me when I was reading it is coming off of COVID. I know a lot of people are weighing big decisions professionally, personally, relationally, uh, and I know a lot of times we get hear a lot of encouragement about taking a leap of faith, especially as believers. And he talks about how to take those leaps of faith and make sure we're doing it from a place of wisdom that is also from God. Uh, super helpful balance, super important nuance to get. Glad he was able to. I I love Stephen Chandler. I was really glad that we were able to publish this piece from him.
1: Also in the issue, uh, well, you might have heard of him because it was our guest on this podcast, you know, uh, IndiePop exploding indie pop artist Dayglow is in the issue. We just gave you a piece of that conversation. You don't want to miss the rest of it.
4: Uh had a super good chat with with uh admitted relevant fan Dayglow. His name is Sloan Deglo. We like yeah, yeah, we're yeah, we're a fan. That that doesn't necessarily mean that if you're going to get in Relevant magazine just because you're a fan, but it doesn't I didn't I had no idea. I, you know, I was just talking to this guy and at the end he was like, "When I heard it was Relevant, I was super excited. I grew up reading you guys." So We're we are behind the scenes. On the most expensive mm-hmm. TV
1: show ever made, it's yeah. called "The Rings of Power," which is part of the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. saga. Uh, Tyler talked to the cast of the new yeah. series, which is just now debuting on Amazon. About you know how 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 true did they stay to Tolkien's faith adjacent
4: you know, journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the, at least the concern that, that I had a lot of people who really care about Tolkien had is like, obviously they've got the money to pull something like this off, but do they have the passion? Do they have the understanding of Tolkien's spiritual and moral universe? uh and uh and i've seen a couple episodes and i was able to talk to the cast about it a lot get their insights on it and uh, i won't tell anybody how to think you can read the actual piece to find out more about that but, but the piece uh, will tell uh, you the, the, answers, the answers the answers the answers <laughs> that are, are in the answers you're looking for are in the piece
1: uh, obviously, one of the major, major news stories right now is the or this year is the Roe v. Wade decision getting overturned and uh, really the tangible and practical effects it's going to have moving forward the shifts in our society. One of the, those things is the thousands and thousands of new children that will be entering the kind of, or, you know, foster care system and orphanages uh, being up for adoption. So we have a piece. Looking at the new pro-life, kind of post-Roe v. Wade, what does the church need to do tangibly to take on this new era they're walking into, specifically as it relates to adoption?
3: Yeah, it was a really interesting piece to study because um, really before COVID especially, adoption was actually, or the number of kids in the foster care system were actually declining um, and because of just expanded welfare and just a lot of different policies being passed. Um, but a lot of experts are expecting Around ten thousand babies annually will now be entering the system um, because of the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, and that is something that the church absolutely needs to not only be aware of but be ready for, and absolutely just be ready to take action. So that's what the piece kind of dives into some more. All
1: right, church, get involved. And last but not least, we talked to one of our favorite in- electronica, indie electronica artist, Tycho. Here's a clip. <laughs> Well there there's you don't want to miss this one. It's just so much going on. Packed issue, the MIA story, the most expensive to you show of all time, some amazing think pieces, incredible faith leaders. Do not miss it. It's available right now. If you are <laughs> listening to the free version of this show, it's available tomorrow. If you're a relevant plus subscriber, all you have to do is click on the magazine tab there at relevantmagazine.com. You can click on the link in the e blast if you're on our newsletter list. And you can also, if you're a relevant plus subscriber, just log in to your account and you're. Beautifully designed, enhanced, ad-free edition is right there, available for download. Guys, amazing job! So excited for this issue. Can't wait for everybody to see it.
4: Thanks, everybody. It was, it was this is a good one. This is a, they're they're all good, but uh, but I think this one is this, this one of those we ones feel, that feels, this feels this one. special about it. Yeah. This is
1: why we're doing it. This is we why we feel we're proud of yeah. Feel proud of this all one. All right, uh, stay tuned. Up next, the cast rejoins us for our game. State the facts.
2: Stay in the sky
1: to Thundercat, Radio, Lewis Cole, and Genevieve Artadi. The song is at Light Space Age Edition. Okay, it's time for...
3: State the facts.
1: Alright, this is what Tyler wrote. This is his intro. Ah, America. I do not agree with this. I've scanned ahead. I do not agree with what I'm about to read. <laughs> ah, America. 49 beautiful states and also Florida. That's what he wrote. <laughs> He wrote that for you. (laughs) Truly, there has never been such a vast and diverse collection of communities, bound together under one statement of our highest ideals. And though we may bicker and disagree at times, it's exactly those differences that make us all stronger. Each state has its own unique strengths and weaknesses that make it an important addition to the overall makeup of this nation. But which state has which strengths and weaknesses? That's what you're about to tell us. Each state in the U.S. is best at something and also the worst at something. In this game, you will be asked to figure out what those things are. If you guess correctly, you can rest easily knowing that you're contributing to the grand experiment of democracy. If you're wrong, you further tear the bonds of this nation asunder, risking a collapse of norms and hastening the rise of fascism within our borders. Wow. The stakes are high. Yeah. Okay. okay. Goes, no high stakes. I'm in. We're
2: going
1: we're to go round robin here. Emily, you're up first. I'm gonna get- okay. It's all multiple choice. Which state is safest for workers? Is it New Hampshire, North Dakota, Indiana, or California? Say them again. Safest for workers, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Indiana, California. North Dakota? California is the safest state for workers. Jesse, you're up. Right. Which state has the highest library usage? Is it <laughs> New York, Utah,
0: Ohio, or Oregon? Wow. Oh, man. I mean, I'm going to see i'm trying to think i think there's a curveball here because i'm supposed to think which one has the best most reading but most people go to the library uh you know to use free internet and just goof around i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna say oregon ohio oh, oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. um all
1: right jamie which state has the highest amount of political corruption new york <laughs> we go. tennessee california or nevada
2: Political corruption. I, I I think I'm supposed to say like New York because you know those people are all corrupt up well, there. Well, Nevada, you think, got
1: Las Vegas.
3: That's true, but I think I'm going to go with Tennessee.
1: Tennessee is correct.
2: <gasps> Highest amount of sneaky. political corruption. Yep. Hmm.
1: Interesting. All right, round one is done. Jamie's in the lead. All right, one more round. Hold on, one two th- two more rounds. That's it. Now it's worth two points each, so it's still anybody's game. Here we go. Uh, Emily, which state has the least amount of political corruption? Least amount of political corruption is it Nebraska, Maine, Delaware, or Alaska?
3: I'm gonna go with Nebraska because I don't. I feel like they're it's, just kind of Nebraska. It's okay. Nebraska. Wow. Oh, you're right. just living their life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good yeah. for them. The corn.
1: All right, <laughs> Jesse. Which state has the most criminals who are women? Is it Iowa, Idaho, Washington, or Oklahoma? hmm I don't know. This
0: is, this is kind of a loaded question here. Um, I, I feel like I'm getting in trouble. And please explain the why of <laughs> whatever your <trouble>. answer is. <laughs> I'm just going to randomly guess one because if I think through this or say anything, I'm definitely going to get in trouble somehow. So I'm just going <laughs> to randomly say Oklahoma it is
2: oklahoma oh, Look at i i lived yeah. there
0: for a while it, 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 i will say anecdotally i lived there for a while and i was mugged seven times by women so <laughs> <laughs> all right jamie which state has
1: the highest reported level of personal well-being among residents
2: okay is
1: it texas kentucky utah or mississippi
2: uh, i'm gonna go with utah i think the uh That is correct. You guys
1: swept the board in round two. There you go. Look at that. All right. Uh, Last round, three points each. Right now, Jamie is currently in the lead. Three to two to two. Here we go. Which state, uh, Emily, this is for you. Which state has the lowest IQ? Is it Wyoming, Maine, Rhode Island, or New Jersey?
3: (laughs) I'm not going to explain why I think this, but I am going to go with New Jersey. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, the answer is Maine. They're
3: just stu- oh, stupid oh. fishermen up
1: there. I don't okay, know. Okay,
3: my explanation was that I watched Jersey Shore when I was in yeah. high school, and <laughs> yeah, I, felt like, I felt like they specifically are bringing it down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Jesse, which state has the highest level of church attendance? Okay. Alabama,
0: Kansas, Oklahoma, or Florida? Once again, all these uh, these women, when they com- commit these crimes, they get out, <laughs> and they want to turn their lives around, go right to church. I'm going to go with uh, Oklahoma. The answer is Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. Man.
1: All right. Uh, well, that means Jamie, you, you win because they've lost. But but, would, but here like we go. To prove
3: my, my Just prove your more.
1: dominance. You can uh-huh. you can humiliate them with this answer. Here we go. Which state has the most identity theft? Colorado, Ooh. Missouri, Florida, or West Virginia?
2: It's Florida for sure.
1: Because all the old people.
0: Florida is correct. <laughs> there it you you know that's why you know I don't know if you guys saw this Ron DeSantis new campaign slogan it's not a joke Jim it's not a joke Jim and that's it and people know we're gonna crack down we're gonna crack down we're sending offenders straight to (laughs) Oklahoma. well congratulations
1: Jamie you dominated that game you know our country so well um All right. Before we wrap things up, I want to thank Dayglow for joining us. Make sure to check out the rest of our conversation with him in the brand new issue of Relevant. I will tell you again on Wednesday. So if you listen to the free show, it was yesterday. (laughs) It became available for free. Uh, at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab and everything's right there. If you're on our newsletter, just check your inbox. We sent it to you. You Just click the link. If you're a Relevant Plus subscriber, you can also select the link in the subscriber email we sent you with a link to the Enhanced Beautiful Edition. If you didn't see that, it is in your account dashboard. Just click it there. And it is designed for any tablet, desktop. It's gorgeous. A lot of little enhancements to the experiences. If you're not a Relevant Plus subscriber, do it now. It is the best way to experience our content. You get an ad-free unlimited uh, access. It's unlimited viewing at relevantmagazine.com uh, each day, uh, ad-free. You get an ad-free version of this podcast plus an exclusive uh, subscriber podcast each week. And you get the beautiful ad-free version of the magazine. Plans start as low as two fifty dollars a month. You can go check everything out by clicking the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Also, while you're on our site, make sure to check out our weekday devotional series, Deeper Walk. Uh, It is presented by LUMO. It's right there in the faith section every weekday morning, or you can sign up and get it sent to your inbox. It is a fantastic way to recenter yourself and start your day the right way. Also, make sure to check our site all day, every day for the latest. We're covering the intersection of faith, life, culture, and justice. Follow us on all the socials. We got a lot of great content that the team's making every day. You don't want to miss out or on... Pretty much every platform. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Woo, this is it for 999. Oh, you don't want to miss the thousandth episode coming up. We got some plans, y'all. All right, end of an era, 999 in the can. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey.
3: I'm Jamie ivy I'm Emily Brown. We'll see you
1: next time for the thousandth episode, everybody. Don't miss it. Crazy.
0: Too big up there. Too big. Not interested.
4: Relevant
2: Podcast Network.